You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. Okay, this is a recent discovery that I had on um, the seven-year period of the body. Now, a lot of people know that in seven years, your cells regenerate throughout your whole body. I mean, of course, depending on age and, you know, a couple factors, but deficiencies, things like that. But in general, every cell regenerates uh, within seven-year period. All cells in the body have become new again. And so if your magnesium levels are high through the life cycle, which they're not, uh, unless you're doing what our ancestors did every year with these sacred baths and, you know, kind of follow these traditions, which we don't, then we're all walking in a 200-year deficiency that most of us are not aware of. We're not aware of it because it doesn't show up in the blood test because it's in the soft tissue. And that's why surgeons tests for the deficiency of magnesium in the heart before heart surgery by testing the tongue. They never test the blood because that's stupid. And so, you know, it's stupid as far as detecting the deficiency in the soft tissue. So they test a mirrored organ or the tongue, which reveals also the soft tissue of the heart and its deficiency, whereas the blood will show everything's fine. And so, of course, they don't do that. But we do that. And um, so we're not seeing this deficiency. And, of course, these are more expensive studies and tests you'd have to do and everything else. So it's not part of the standard blood panel and everything else. So um, so the seven-year thing is important because the way the body um, works is that what I've learned through magnesium is that the body stores it up. We know that it stores it anyway. Um, it stores most of it in the bone. Um, uh, it's called the, I think it's called hydroxyapatite, apatite, hydroxyapatite. I don't know how you say that. I'm, I, I learned all this in French, so you have to pardon my, I don't know. Um, so hydroxyapatite, um, which is, um, um, like this layer that's a little bit softer and it's the edge, the surface layer of the bone. And so this is where this kind of, which kind of makes sense. You'd want to store it in a place where you could access it the most. I mean, of course it goes into all the bone too, but the storage part, um, that's um, one of the closer, more readily available ways to store it. And so the body will store up this if you do, like a lot of people take magnesium oil, but they haven't sensed out over time and experience, intuition, studies, a combination of all of that, um, what the proper way to do this is. And so um, the best way, to my knowledge, is to do it for the first year, you do a lot of magnesium. You may go through seven or eight, nine, ten bottles. That's what I did, at least. And you knock out that first year, and after that, you're good. You only have to buy a bottle a year or two, maybe. It's very inexpensive. It ends up costing like 10 cents a day or something after that. It's just so inexpensive. And the first year, it only costs you 100 and 100, 150 bucks or you know whatever. It's not going to cost an enormous amount either. So it's just like, and it's such a key deficiency. If, only, if everyone would just focus on their deficiencies, we could actually get to a level where you could troubleshoot something. And so until then, you can't really troubleshoot. And that's not the only deficiency in magnesium, but it's the only deficiency that when you rectify it, other deficiencies um, rectify as well. It doesn't mean it covers all the other deficiencies. It just means that it optimizes the body to such a degree 
with you know reuptake mechanisms, etc., that um, or proper use or you know proper you know enzyme catalyzation or whatever it takes to make that work now um, that um, that you don't need you know that it, it's actually able to to lower those deficiencies in the other in the other um, vitamins even vitamin D vitamin D deficiency is lessened when magnesium deficiency is overcome so um, <clears throat> now that makes sense because they kind of work together you know like magnesium is involved with the hydroxylation the height um, um, of, of vitamin D and the hydrolysis as well I'm good there's two terms there there's hydrolysis and hydroxylation and both of those are magnesium dependent so um, what was I going to say well um, the magnesium seven-year cycle is something where if your body's taken it that first year it'll store it up and it'll if you don't take enough of it it'll just greedily store it up and may or may not give you as much as you would need so sticking with it and being regular and all these things are important to any sort of treatment but also to this one and so um, doing that first year is the most important now over the seven-year period which is not a huge marketing angle where you're like hey in seven years from now you'll be feeling great like a lot of people aren't going to jump on board with anything like that but what I will tell you is there is long-term benefits to doing this and some of those are not only um, the detoxification of aluminum and heavy metals and other things and plastics, especially uh, chemical compounds that get into the body from everywhere. Um, these come out through transpiration if the mag levels are high. If the mag levels are low, we sweat, but they don't come out the sweat anymore or smaller amounts do. And so we have to have the high mag levels and the sweat for this all to come out. And uh, and I know this because they did this. I mean, they tested this on athletes. They they found this in the sweat com composition. They they've also tested, you know, monkeys for you know, in what ways that the behavior associated reactions they were having to ingesting these BPA or BPS or these other chemicals how quickly that would kind of disappear, those behaviors would disappear, like the square peg in the round hole or whatever would go back to the square peg in the square hole after a certain amount of time of, um, you know, physical activity, exertion, or even time itself also was a factor too. And so you do see the studies out there. You can't triangulate a lot of this stuff. Um, but you just have to be paying attention to different areas. So I'm trying to do some of that for, for you if I can. Um, so it's very important that, um, you know, the body recreates itself with the high mag over the seven years subsequent. So what happens is after that first seven years, you're building up that mag. And I mean, if you're doing it from seven years, you're pretty much good after up to year eight, nine, ten. I mean, you've gotten the mag has been delivered to all systems of the body at that point. And even if you're not taking it very much in those last four or five years or six years, but you're you're taking it when needed. Sometimes I use it for the teeth. Sometimes you can use it for hair, skin, like different things, you know, but um um, you know, when the mag's high, what happens is it's it's going to build a more flexible structure. Magnesium is the flexibilizer. I know that's not a word, but that's the best thing I can come up with. It renders flexible the human body. 
And so not only the nerves and the joints and the bones themselves, even the bones must breathe. How do they get oxygen if there's no flexibility in that system? How do they get circulation if there's no flexibility? So there has to be some sort of flexibility even at the bone, in the bone. And, you know, of course we know there's, you know, um, you know, vascular systems, and of course we feed nutrients into those systems, and so there is some sort of movement. So magnesium helps the teeth to not be brittle, but makes them more flexible so that they're strong. So, um, yeah, so I think that whenever you start building up the body in that way, um, then you become stronger and less prone to injury, uh, better recovery, and better performance, um, stamina, uh, circulation, which is the key to everything. Um, but I mean, even me personally, like I can play basketball faster and harder than I ever have before. And I'm 10 years older than when I was having all these knee problems and couldn't even, you know, play at all. Like, and, and so much has changed through the magnesium. That's the one thing that I can attest to this flexibility and this lack of injury radar, which I used to have so persistently back then before I knew about any of this magnesium deficiency and was treating it. Of course, like food plays a key role in all of this. And sometimes you got to think outside the box to find all your food ideas, <clears throat> especially in the American system. Um, but, you know, this magnesium thing alongside is, 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 is probably one of the most important things you can do. And I'm not talking about pills. I'm talking about transdermal magnesium. That's what I mean when I talk about the seven years, because it's, it's seven years of that, not because you, the pills can come in and help in these momentary lapses, uh, for some people or for, they were discovered during the war. So first world war by the French. And so they, we've been, you know, you can use those in a pinch, but as you find the global way of bringing this into the body, which is in line with history, our Greek and Roman ancestors, even our founding fathers, etc., you start realizing their obsession with all these waters had one key mystery behind it, which was magnesium and its connection to the human skin and how it absorbs directly when we get in the ocean from the water. Um, it, the water pull the, the skin pulls it in from the water. I mean, it allows it to come in. And so um, this mystery was known by our ancestors, and we've kind of tried to step over it and hope that a little pill could replace man in the sea. But we're seeing in the last 200 years of, of pure, hardcore degeneracy in all ways, from hypoxia to we're, we're breathing less from within our own structure. And all of this microhypoxia was not only called out in the 30s as being the cause of magnesium deficiency in the soils. This had already been done in many senates and congresses around the world. They'd sounded the alarm. I have proof of that. But we've created this hike, you know, medical slavery model that we're in because of a lack of um, foundation. And we, we skipped over our foundation, our ancestral foundation, and how they did it. We have to respect older cultures. How did they do it? You know, why did they set up that bath culture in Magnesia? What were they doing? Why were they learning how to heat like volcanic limestone mixture that created their thermal baths and then they would just copy that into their whole culture? Why were they doing that? Why were they trying to heat that limestone, which was 50% magnesium, and create this mag water and bathe in it? What was that about? So we're learning 
about how they did it and what we have to learn how to do it. So that seven-year thing is not seven years of pills because that is not going to do it. It has to come through the dermal layer. That's the way you're supposed to feed the human being in the long-term game. You can feed in the short-term game. You can do a lot of different things. But in the long-term game, this is the, the, the you know, it's like you're in an emergency. You're in a hospital. They're going to nebulize you some magnesium in, during that asthma attack. They're going to do it internal. They're going to find it right. But before you get in that situation, this is the real game behind the scenes where you're building that up on the side on a parallel track to where you're never in that situation. So this is what history teaches us is to be free in that sense, at least from the body. You know, they they developed a lot of stuff around the body, the ancient world and our traditions and, you know, and so that part, we don't want to recreate the wheel and all the pain that that creates, uh, we want to learn from history. So use your mind and not just your stomach or modern day, you know, marketing, blood brain barrier, this, that, and the other to try to make you think that this is, you know, that you're doing it the right way. Cross that channel of humility and think maybe our ancestors were right and maybe I'm wrong, you know? And I can say that to myself too, you know? But I won't say that all of history was wrong. I'm trying to learn from them. So that's different. Personal ego over those millions of egos, that's a different story. Humility usually is a personal thing. So anyway, that's all I got on this topic. Next.